This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. Kinsey. Hey, Tim. Hello, hello, hello. So, Tim, you're, is it Aurora where you are? Uh, technically, unincorporated Arapahoe County on the edge of Aurora. Okay. Yeah. Been here a long time. Yeah. So. And you're, you're a Colorado native, right? You're, uh, you're... No, actually, I was born in New York, but I've been in Colorado since 67. So, out, and I, I was in California for a while as a youth pastor. Yeah. Like in the eighties. Yeah. So but you, yeah, you went, but, you grew up in Boulder though, after you came from New York. That's right. Go buffs. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to see you or did you go to school? No, no, I, I grew up there, you know, so I didn't want to go there, which, you right. know, looking back on it, I'm like, man, I would, that would have been pretty cool to go there. But when I, you know, when you're 18, you want to get out of town. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I went to Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado, oh, and yeah. it was it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. Uh, you get your skiing degree. Bad. Well, that's what people purgatory. say. But, but those people didn't last very long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I uh, no, I um, it was only like two thousand students when I was there, and all the professors you had, you didn't have TAs or anything, and uh, yeah, I got to know a lot of them. Um, they were. You know, it was really a personal thing. And then I went to a little seminary okay. in California and uh, got my Bible and it was small. When you too. say little, that was the name of the seminary? Sem no, it was just a little. Small, a little, a little, a small. Little, small seminary. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then I did youth ministry after that. I, I was a youth yeah. pastor. I also worked with campus life which is part of youth for christ and uh -huh. did that for like 17 years um okay uh then i always kind of wanted to be a counselor not kind of i always yeah. had in my back of my mind to be a counselor um you know in fact uh after i graduated from fort lewis i was like well should i be a counselor or a youth mm -hmm. oh, pastor and the guy i was talking to was like well you need uh you know you need Bible for both. So that's why I went to that small seminary. And um, I was still young. It was good. You know, yeah. um, I became a, a believer through young life. So, you know, I was mm -hmm. familiar with mm -hmm. how God worked that way. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. And then when I went to Denver Seminary, uh, some of the shine had worn off. Uh, you know, I mean, when I was first started working for the Lord, I was just, I had all sorts of faith and I was also very, uh, kind of bold and daring <laughs> uh -huh. and, uh, you know, uh, as a lot of us have experienced, uh, the longer you're in ministry, uh, well, especially in youth work, uh, the more in a way beat up you get. Um, so uh, I worked in uh, four churches. And uh, by the time I got to Denver Seminary, I was pretty angry. You know, um, I, like I said, I gotten, I was brash and, and you know, and I, I was raised Catholic, uh, you know, before I uh, became a believer in young life. Um, and, uh, so I didn't really experience the evangelical, we'll call it church culture. So mm -hmm. I was kind of like, uh, unaware of, of some of the, uh, politics that were involved. We'll, we'll say it that way. Politics so, in the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I know this is going out to GSA. So, uh, well, so let me, let me just pause for a second just so people catch up because maybe a lot of people don't know you so tim thank you god he's jumped in he you're a counselor that's 
that's your focus of your ministry and yes. you're you're in aurora yeah and, i uh, i have a aurora. i have a nonprofit mm -hmm. called colorado christian counseling real original name there yeah but what i do is i, I you know i raise money so people that can't afford counseling mm -hmm. you know uh can come in god has shown me as i've been counseling that he really wants me to do this hmm. um you know um uh, speaking of calling you know mm -hmm. it's for me it was uh i knew god wanted me to do it but i wasn't you know quite honestly i think i was doing it at the beginning because mm -hmm. i was just super into the idea i was just fascinated by it mm -hmm. um and my relationship with God wasn't, it was there, but, you know, there was that anger from, mm. uh, you know, some church damage, as they call it. Um, and uh, God had to work that through me. Uh, mm. I started to go to therapy while I was, well, I was, I went to Denver Seminary and it took me about mm. four years. It's a long degree. It's kind of like a double degree. You do counseling and Bible mm. and, uh, Anyway, and I, you know, I was married and had kids and all that. So I would work during the day and study till like two in the morning kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I was, I really liked the, I, I was so enthralled with the subject that um, mm -hmm. I was able to, you know, I didn't do it begrudgingly. I was really excited about it. Yeah. Although it was a lot of work, but I had to get healing while I was, uh, studying for it and also my first several years as a uh counselor um there was there was quite a journey in that mm -hmm. and uh that's kind of i guess what i would like to share about today is because i know you asked me you know what i do and why i do it i can remember when god called me into youth ministry i was like a junior in college uh -huh. and i i just spent uh summer at a youth camp in uh, the Black Hills of South Dakota. And mm -hmm. I really felt God calling me into youth ministry in particular, uh -huh. uh, even though I was like, well, counseling would be cool. So um, I've always felt God's hand on what I've done. The youth ministry was amazing time. A lot of amazing things happened with a lot of young people. You know, because they're just so pliable and, right. you know, I worked, like I said, with Campus Life and the kids that, you know, didn't grow up in the church. They were, they were real excited about the Lord. The kids that grew up in the church, I had a different task with them. I had to get them excited about the Lord because <laughs> they grew up with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I mean, so it was, you know, outside of the, uh, the church politics, um, you know, and, and me, uh, struggling a after 17 years it was really a pretty even up to the end it was a pretty amazing journey mm -hmm. so uh but i was ready to switch you know mm -hmm. 1993 94 is when i started Denver seminary and okay yeah like i said i wouldn't you know i was i was still obviously a believer but i wasn't like you know that anger kind of dulled my enthusiasm and also quite honestly dulled my relationship with with jesus so um it was when i started getting healing mm -hmm. for myself and that anger by the way was really the tip of the iceberg as it often is mm -hmm. um you know that really wasn't my main issue it, it, it was there and there, there there was some wounds there but it went back to a lot of my earlier wounds. I was working for New Life Ministries uh, here in Denver, mm -hmm. and I had my own nonprofit going on. I started that right away. Mm -hmm. I also was doing, you know, fee for regular paying clients, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, there was a gal, New Life, that she uh, had just went to a like a weekend seminar on on healing and prayer and she said yeah i just went to this thing and i'm like oh yeah what was it well it's kind of a funny name it's called theophostic and i'm like what the heck is that and uh 
she explained it to me and I'm like, all right. And then I don't know, a week or two later, I was a little more interested and I asked her more about it again. And then a little more time I think went by. And then she was, we, we did a, a session with me. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it was uh, quite the experience. Mm. Uh, so a thing, you know, I call it prayer therapy now because prayer uh, a therapy prayer therapy because theophostic kind of it's a greek term theo god fostic like and the guy who in a sense started it uh ed smith he's changed it now to uh transformational prayer versus because it used to be called tpm so anyway that was what started it okay uh, is something i did not learn at Denver seminary uh, <laughs> From what I understand, they were kind of against it at first because it was a little too experiential. Um, okay, you know, uh, Denver Seminary has Baptist roots, so they're, you know, they're they like to stay cognitive. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but also I don't want to wrap on. Denver Seminary was a great school, and there were some great professors, and and their counseling department, you know, was uh, pretty progressive in a lot of ways. Um, and there was a little bit of clash between the counselings department and then the mdiv <laughs> department <Right. laughs> yeah you know well show me where that's in the bible type thing so um, i'm sure in the 90s yeah <laughs> yeah but since then uh, what i understand is they in a way expanded um mm-hmm. and i think the one side is more uh appreciative of the other now mm-hmm. but anyway uh i digress but yeah so um i did not learn all this uh at the time denver seminary um left the integration they called it up to us so they Mm -hmm. taught us a bunch of modalities Mm -hmm. and uh the model you know like cognitive behavioral existential psychoanalytical you know all the different basically uh secular modalities and what they left it up to us to kind of integrate it into our faith okay i had one class i don't know if, if, how much it's changed i'm sure it's changed some i had one class on integration integrating psychology and theology was the name of the class okay and uh, it was taught by an adjunct too so just someone in the sense that they hired off the street uh, not so not a lot I mean, it was a great class i i yeah. remember that i remember that class almost more than the other ones but they kind of said you know and that was cool you know because a lot of seminaries are like oh no you need to do everything this way and this way and right. this way and you, yeah. you need to have our theology and usually a lot of seminaries are kind of like bam you know this is what we believe uh-huh. and denver denver seminary definitely has a strong statement of faith but as far as counseling you know they were kind of new at it too huh. um they were kind of like, yeah, we're kind of figuring this all out. And of course they didn't say that, but that's how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I did the integration on my own and it was after I met this gal and experienced what the prayer therapy was like, it mm-hmm. was really similar to a lot of the modalities we studied, except it added Jesus, mm-hmm. like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy the main thing they go after is what they call false beliefs okay Uh, in the prayer therapy we call it lies it's Mm -hmm. things you believe about yourself right that aren't true Mm -hmm. uh but feel very true like um i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. uh i'm not worthy uh everything's my fault Mm -hmm. uh or if i don't do everything for everybody Mm-hmm. It's my fault. A lot of people who work in ministry have that one. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're, we like to make sure everybody's okay, <laughs> you know, and in a way that's kind of a form of people pleasing. And that goes all the way back to usually our childhood, because that's when we uh, develop these false beliefs. So cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy you're confronting those false beliefs. You, you identify them, you, you, the therapist talks, you figure them out and then you identify them and then mm-hmm. you challenge them yourself, which is where self-talk came from. Okay. Um, you know, you tell yourself you're good enough, 
you're smart enough and, and doggone, doggone it, people, it. Yeah. <laughs> people like me. That was a great skit on Saturday Night Live. They were making fun of that, but it, you know, it, cognitive behavioral therapy is probably the, you know, one of the most popular uh, therapies even today. Um, so insurance companies like it because it's, you know, it's pretty practical and short. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so this prayer therapy thing is kind of similar. So you start, you know, the person talks, mm -hmm. they start having feelings, obviously, because they're talking about their life and they're supposed to get feelings. That's the goal of counseling. Um, and that's all good in and of itself. But then it goes another step. In that it says, okay, let's see where some of these feelings came from. Uh -huh. And there's, there are, there's, like I said, there's parallels with cognitive behavioral. There's parallels with um, EMDR, if you've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, the difference is once, so when you get in the memory, you know, you, you, you get to what we call the core memory where the, the false belief or the lie is like, I'm not good enough. That is a real common one. Most men have that. Well, women do too, but uh, men really uh, exemplify it. The difference is, well, like an EMDR, you know, I'm going to sound like Happy Gilmore here, but they made fun of it too. You go to your happy place. I'm not mm -hmm. sure exactly. It, uh, I haven't studied EMDR in, you know, probably 15 years or been around it, but that's what they used to go to. So you would, in EMDR, you, with your counselor person, you would do, do you know, you would pick your memory and go to it and you do the you know you have the uh, electrodes in each hand and it goes they used to do the finger but then they got this and now i guess they have headsets um where you go left right in your brain and there is Guys, something that, yeah. there is something physically that does happen there but with but then you go to your happy place and you in a sense tell yourself or try to re-experience the truth in that memory okay. and that's exactly what prayer therapy does but it does it with the holy spirit instead of you in the secular modalities you fig try to figure it out and you try to in a sense solve the problem uh the uh, you try to confront or re-experience that false belief emdr uh they used to call it negative cognition but it's kind of the same thing um instead of you doing that i as the, the person there with the person say, okay, Holy Spirit, well, we just invite you to come into this. Mm -hmm. And usually the person's in the memory, they're in prayer. You know, it's been going on for like a half hour and, uh, or 15 minutes or something, depending on the person. And uh, it's not feeling good. The memory's not feeling good. And I always have to coach, you know, this is for a purpose. This is good. God's going to go somewhere with this. And because they're, they're in the memory and, you know, the memory could be abuse. It could be, dad chewing them out for not mowing the lawn right and missing a spot um mm -hmm. you know and they 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 feel they're not good enough or they'll never be they're not capable uh um and they carry that their whole life till they come mm -hmm. in and uh you know people trip over these you know we call them uh shame messages mm -hmm. and uh a lot i would say most emotional disorders are because of that shame because that shame says you're bad right you're not good enough mm -hmm. you you suck <laughs> you're really bad and you feel mm -hmm. that and you can never be good enough yeah and so you know got you've always heard the stories about how men work their whole life to try to please their dad or whatever and they never get there you know it's a treadmill mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anyway uh when you ask the holy spirit to come in he brings his light and his truth against that lie or that false belief. Mm -hmm. So he, he, and he knows the person. So he shows them. Sometimes he shows up in the memory. People can actually see him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the people hear words. Sometimes people get scripture. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes people get colors. It's got, got very creative. And I know this probably sounds a little, you know, wacky, but uh, man, I've been doing it for 20 some years now. And it's amazing how God works with each person differently to show them how he made them and how he designed them and how he sees them mm -hmm. versus how you see yourself or how that 
child that got hurt sees themselves. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. It's it's why I do go back to your uh, question. It's why I do what I do, because there is nothing else. And, I, you know, I've been in the church. I've been in ministry. I've been a Christian since high school. I have not seen anything else this powerful. Um, so it's experiential. Right. Well, you, you know, you, you were saying people might see it a certain way. I'll, I'll just share. I won't go into all the details, but I, Tim, I've actually met with Tim. Well, I wasn't uh, going to say, say that, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was so, kind of hoping you would. <laughs> so I can be a testimonial. Uh, it was a, a few years ago, just some, some things um, <coughs> with, yeah, with happened in Reintegra and, and just some of, Yes, that, I and I was, I was I remember. really struggling with that um, circumstance and the weight and feeling. And so Tim, Tim and I met. I can't remember if it was during COVID because we we did meet over the phone. But um, yeah, it was it was actually exactly. we met. We did meet in person. Too. Remember, we took walks outside. No, we. You were maybe walking. We were over, we were on a phone. Okay. Well, uh, I remember one time we went to the creek. Do you remember that? No matter. The creek with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we. Hey, it was your experience. I I'm maybe. I, I think you know, I think my, you're my you're combining. My you're combining another old. client. My 66-year-old brain is a little mushy, but okay, okay. so we, maybe we did go over the phone, but I think the thing <laughs> that I really liked, and Tim had shared with me before about how he did counseling. Uh, we met <clears throat> on a GSA retreat back in 2018, and um, I, I just felt like that exactly what you said. We talked about what you got beyond the circumstance what was i feeling and right to the core of why and and for me it was jesus reminded me of a passage and he and he spoke to me really the holy spirit real clearly and it it was was very um very powerful to take this core belief core lie and to hear the truth yeah that was yeah. It was biblical. It was, it was, wasn't even like Jesus saying something to me that I'd never heard before. It was a verse right. and it was, it was him speaking right. truth. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was really powerful. Uh, oh, good. Well, so I, I, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, that's not, fine. Not, that's not being a very me. good counselor. We're talking being about a, you, not me. So. <laughs> not not <laughs> being a very good counselor. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, even you, so we you, talked on the phone recently and we're just catching up on life. Right. Right. And Tim gets into a counseling mode. And so he does <laughs> some of the same thing. Oh, I mean, about, I know. I kind of had to, about had to apologize because we we're what I'm feeling. And I know. And, I can't uh, help what, it. You know, inviting Jesus <laughs> into that. So, you know, or even the other time, Tim. So, Tim and I met for a while, <clears throat> you know, during that time. But then we both experienced something similar. I lost my dad in uh, January 20. 22 tim had right. lost his mom you had lost your mom a few months before was it october 21 yes or? yes and and so we good memory know, by I, the way Great well memory. and i i remember wanting to talk to you about how you were doing and i was going through the same thing with my dad going into hospice and so there was that we i remember we talked afterwards and just that how you counseled me though you didn't charge me <laughs> of just how do you deal with grief? And oh. uh, that was really powerful. Just huh. same thing. You just explained how you just build the emotion of the grief and invite Jesus to be present. It's kind of, yeah, it's real parallel to this other 
current therapy I was talking about. Yeah. And God showed me that, you know, uh, with my mom, you know, and I, you know, I'd read all about grief, you know, Kubler Ross and everything and uh, Denver seminary and the stages of grief and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But what really, I mean, none of that's bad. All that is usually pretty true in some form, but yeah. And that's the thing when I do this and you have too. when, once you do this kind of healing type prayer, and and there's other forms of it besides uh, theophostic. And I've got to show me some of those other forms, but, you know, basically you're letting the Holy spirit in on the process. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, you know, when we pray, I'm like, well, Lord, what's, what am I feeling the most here? I mean, we've talked for a half hour or whatever, and this feelings come up, this feelings come up, anxiety or depression or anger, whatever it is. And, what am I really feeling? And the Holy Spirit brings up the feeling. But I always say to them, you know, Holy Spirit, you're already in my heart. You're already down there. You know, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And uh, so with the grief, I was like, Lord, I am feeling this. And then God would often expand it. Yeah, you're feeling this. And it kind of helps you uh, helps you see. He helps you see that you, you're feeling other things, too. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of there in it with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, it's a beautiful thing because you're like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I can sense his presence in my feelings of grief. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, just going along. With no, what, no, I, we, I just we were talking to, about that day. Yeah. Yeah. Say that was really that's a real powerful thing. And a lot of our members have gone through similar losing uh, parents yeah, or, we, or yeah. different loved ones. Right. Right. And I, I think there there's always that, oh, I got to move out of this, you know, yes. and just yes. inviting him there and, and grief comes in different waves. It's not linear <laughs> and it, that's and little for sure. triggers, uh, that, yeah. that come up and you remember, I think I told yeah. you this when my mom passed away, uh, which was 10 years before my dad, someone came up to me at church and said, well, you'll get over it. <laughs> That's right. That classic yeah. American grief process. You know, you yeah. get two weeks and then you got to move on. <laughs> and, and I said, well, I hope not. Uh, yeah. Because, because you know, you didn't want to forget that the part yeah. of the grief is the, the memory and the loss. And you don't. No, anyway, well, you know, do I if, really want to get over it or do I? Just yeah. If the person, person meant something to you, then why should you just sweep it away? You know, I mean, yeah. grief, grief shows you how much you loved somebody. That's really. right. Right. It's the price of love. Yeah, th- that's I like that. I'm going to write that one down. I, I didn't come up with that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but but I quoted a lot. People, my friend I quoted Andy, a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good one that's a good one yeah so uh i remember this one gal i was counseling it was pretty classic uh she lost her mom mm. and uh she was kind of the person that sat up front and greeted people as they came in the business mm-hmm. and after two weeks her boss said okay i want happy judy back her name wasn't judy i'm not gonna share what her name was but uh we've had enough of you know this other judy yeah it's time for you to it's time for you to move on yeah and that's kind of i've always thought about that uh the reason i should because I, I think that's about what we give people in america two weeks <laughs> to grieve you know whereas like yeah the, the work's got to happen the work's yeah, got to right. happen and, i and can't have east. you sad judy greeting our customers or yeah and in, in, in the middle east you know uh, other parts of the world it's it's a couple months and if you came out you know showered and shaved with clean clothes on after two weeks they'd be like looking at you like oh, what are you doing mm-hmm. <laughs> what's your problem <laughs> you well, tim, tim that's actually really good when you think of people in ministry don't even more so, don't you think we have to oh, feel like, yeah. you know, yeah. hey, we're we're the ones helping other people. Not even if it's not grief, whatever it is that oh, yeah. we oh, yeah. are dealing we, with that we weight, are, we're dealing with depression. We can't be depressed. Right. And, we and you know, we're in, we're in the role of being the strong one. Yeah. So, I, you know, I do 
counsel a lot of people um, in ministry uh, or their people in their families. Uh, but yeah, I would say people, you know, especially pastors, they have the hardest time actually getting to the place where they can receive counseling, where they're ready mm-hmm. for counseling. Now, I'm not saying they're all really in a sense resistant, but you know, they're, they're used to that role. They're the one, you know, uh, a lot of times they'll want to try to help me. And I'm like, this is about you, <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, or they'll, you know, hypothesize about their problem or, you know, all these theories they have. And I'm like, yeah, this is about you, you know? And I, I know for me, you know, I, heck, you know, I, uh, I'm a pastor and I, I have the same, you know, I'm the helper. I'm the strong one, uh, mm-hmm. receiving, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be the one that's, uh, in a sense, in control of other people receiving me, uh, that would be letting go of control. And mm-hmm. we don't see it as a control thing because, you know, we don't want to admit that, but, uh, you know, after you've been in ministry for a while, you kind of get, you know, a role right. and roles can always uh, take us sideways. You know, mm-hmm. they're not always God designed um, roles, you know, especially family roles, you know, like when you grow up, if you were the black sheep or the scapegoat or the good kid or the bad kid, the those kind of roles. Or... Yeah. Peacemaker. That's what I was. Uh, and uh, you know, big surprise. I'm a counselor. Uh, (laughs) So, but you know, our roles from childbirth then turn into our roles as adults and then they get really hardened and really hard to let go of. So yeah, to your point. So. Hmm. That's good. You know, I, um, I was actually, I've been thinking a lot. I'm going to share it at a couple of the retreats. I'm going to, yeah, so I'll go into more detail there, but a lot of what you're sharing is making me think of Matthew um, 11, 28 through 30, where Jesus says, you know, come to me, all who yes. are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll, I'll give you rest. And I think as I study that past that heavy burdened, the other place where it shows up in the new Testament is when Jesus tells the Pharisees, you place heavy burdens. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Things that they can't carry and things you don't even can't do yourself. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and, but it's the lie. It's like, Oh, well I'm, I'm adding you. So you never feel worthy. You feel like you're trying to live up. So the light of that heavy burden is not just, I think it really ties in the way you do counseling. I was thinking a lot about it is, you know, I can look and I go, well, I'm, I'm burdened by my kids or I'm burdened about these things. And it's like, well, getting to the core of why I feel overwhelmed or why I feel tired, you know, is there a lie that I'm from early in my childhood or even growing up in in a Christian community or wherever that I feel like, okay, I don't measure up. Never good enough. Not never good enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so what I see of that passage is Jesus is saying my way is different. Yes. My way, my yoke, it, it, rather than the yoke of this yes. yoke that you've been carrying, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Beautiful. And you'll find yes. rest for your souls. And I, I think that's what it, it really ties into a lot of what you do. Cause it's Jesus inviting, you know, do us yeah. a sense that, that Jesus is inviting me to a different way, a different way of thinking and a way of living. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use that word a lot when it's at, at that crux of the prayer, you know, right when they're in the middle of their shame message or, uh, that memory, uh, I'll say, well, you know, you're feeling this, you're living it. So let's invite Holy Spirit. We just invite you to come into this, however you want to, for this person mm-hmm. and invite 
the Lord likes to be invited. And, you know, we always call it the invitation, but, you know, there's got to be a lot of invitations in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that come to me, you know, Jesus is inviting himself. He's we just inviting. are, are <laughs> you know, but we have to uh, invite him too. It's a, you know, it's a two-way street. But yeah. yeah. Respond to it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I think there's so much come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. For I'm humble and gentle in heart, or gentle yeah, he and says, humble. Take my yoke upon me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, I think is the NIV. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll and find rest, you'll rest. find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden, burden is light. And we, you know, I had that, I had that, you know, in a picture on my wall. I've heard that verse, you know, a thousand times, but man, um, experiencing it. And that's the thing that God has kind of added, I guess, or dovetailed into the whole prayer therapy thing with me is experiencing things that I've learned a long time ago. And I did get something out of it, maybe, you know, whatever, 40, 50 years ago, Yeah, but yeah. I, I've stopped. It's become just a thing now. And, you right. know, almost like a uh, religion in a way, um, you know, like you said, he brings truths up mm-hmm. that you've already heard, but they're, and they're very simple usually. Uh, they're very direct and they go right to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel them. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I just don't see a lot of uh, in the church or, you know, and just in Christians uh, that I know. That w- w- Feelings have gotten a real bad rap. Yeah. Uh, we, we idolize the theological bros of, you know, yeah. it's like I've got the big head. I know all the theology and. Yeah. And the, the feelings are talked what's about. What's right like, oh, and wrong. Yeah. But feelings are talked about. Oh, watch out for that because that's yeah. going to lead you to sin, you know? Uh, right. So, and those are more desires than feelings. Hmm. Um, I heard a guy talk at our church once and he was trying to do a triangle thing with mental emotional and i think spiritual or something like that and spent a lot of time on the mental and the spiritual but he he only said the only thing he said about feelings is like well you know in the morning when i get up and i'm trying to have my time with god i i get these feelings of you know just go back to bed or just read the paper or whatever and i got to get away from those feelings mm-hmm. and i thought that really encapsulated how christians look at feelings as something we got to get away from mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus never did that. Jesus um, was moved by compassion. Yeah. Yeah. What's and the so shortest, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? You know, Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, the Holy Spirit, but, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So there's. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, when he got angry in the temple. There was when he was in the garden and he was yeah. sweating so much it was like drops of blood and you know i always say that i think i would i'm not jesus but i'm pretty sure that was anxiety you know mm. uh, and then people are like well jesus couldn't feel anxiety because anxiety is a sin well it can be but i think it's also a real in a sense righteous emotion you know we talk about righteous anger well there's righteous sadness mm. uh there's unrighteous anger but there's righteous anger you know mm-hmm. there's uh there's unrighteous anxiety but there's righteous anxiety where you should feel that way mm-hmm. um but sadness is one that to me is always right uh there's rarely sadness that is weird um mm-hmm. it sadness always speaks the truth mm-hmm. so going back to the grief thing i said like, hey you're feeling this because it's true mm-hmm. And you need to be there with it, not mm-hmm. run away from it. Right. And so uh, I, one of the things that God has kind of laid on my heart is to help Christians experience not only the Holy Spirit, but themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we have such a narrow road, if you will, uh, of what feelings are. 
and who, how we should handle them. And so, you know, yeah. if we're most, most of the, uh, uh, diagnoses, if you will, in the DSM five are because people aren't feeling and they're doing something mm-hmm. else. And so then it gets weird, Yeah, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, I think that, uh, no, that's really good. I like that. I never thought through the idea of sadness that way. You yeah. Know, the attitudes, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. I think there's a, there's a deep mourning. You mourn over yeah. loss. You mourn over the injustice. You mourn over, right. You know, things yeah. aren't being right in the world. They're, they're, you're sad at the core. It's a, it's a grief. It's a, yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 sadness, once you get used to it, and I can speak for this because sadness wasn't allowed in my house growing up. You know, that was what we call a uh, unspoken rule or a covert rule is you don't feel sad. You know, yeah. uh, you, you're positive and you think about the future. You don't think about the past. You think about, now or the future and so i had to learn how to be sad and i did learn that at, at denver seminary because they talked about it so i remember one day and i was in the basement and uh, i'm like okay i'm gonna feel sad and I felt, <laughs> a little, felt a lot like okay i'm just gonna go there so i sat there for a minute and i kind of waited for a feeling to come along sure enough sadness came along and i i grasped it i took it and i felt it and you know the funny thing you know uh it didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of how my family would. Oh no, we don't yeah. go there. Um, and we you know, follow uh, a man. A man. He was a man of sorrows. And you mentioned, yeah, he's, yeah, uh, Jesus. So man of sorrows. It, it came Pointed with much grief. Very good. Very good. Wow, Andy. Um, it 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 came. So the sadness came, and it kind of was like a wave. It kind of came, and it crashed, and then it mm-hmm. hit the beach. And then it went back into the ocean and I wasn't sad. Hmm. Uh, but you allowed yourself to, to, feel I, that, that feel was the bad. first time, <laughs> you know, I think I was 38. That was the first time I allowed myself to feel sad, you know, intentionally. Yeah. And uh, it was quite the experience. I didn't, it, you know, AA uh, has this phrase that your feelings won't kill you. And the reason I had that phrase is because, Obviously, addicts feel that your feelings will kill you, so they'll do something that will kill them to get rid of the <laughs> yeah. feelings that won't kill you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, man, I was like, wow, I'm I'm still here. I'm I'm okay. Uh-huh. And after a while, then um, what I was going to share is that I started in a in a different way. I started to like sadness. Mm. It was kind of like a deep tissue massage it came and it was there it was a little bit painful but then afterwards i felt better so uh that was kind of my introduction to feelings and that it's okay to feel feelings you know i a lot of times i i don't know if i did this with you i can't probably not because we were on the phone but i have a little feeling sheet and i hand them i say well you know because they people will say well i'm frustrated or you know in a sense, one of the easier emotions to describe. I'm like, well, there's probably something else. I give them the sheet and they look at it and they say, oh yeah, I guess I do. I feel, but to feel uh, rejected, I feel disappointed. I feel, and then they start going on this list and it fills yeah. it out. <clears throat> they start going into it more. Um, excuse me. But yeah, so uh, that's how it is when God, uh, is given permission to help us feel. Yeah. He starts expanding it and we start experiencing our feelings. And that's how he designed us. You know, we weren't designed to feel three feelings, you know, um, <laughs> happiness and joy and service or something. I don't know. You know, <laughs> we, we were designed to feel all of them. Right. So I, I, a lot of times when I get people that sheet, they're like, well, these are a lot of bad feelings on here. I'm like, and of course you can guess what I would say after that, <laughs> why, you know, why do yeah. you think they're bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you can do my job, um, <laughs> but no, uh, I can't. 
<laughs> but yeah, they, so that, you know, so they're like, what? I'm like, well, you know, then I go through kind of like, you know, Jesus felt this, Jesus felt that, Jesus, like you said, you know, um, he was even exhausted. You know, yeah. you feel, I can tell you look exhausted. Um, well, I don't actually say that, but, you know. Oh, I they, thought you were talking because you can see me as we do this podcast. <laughs> and I look exhausted. Interview. You're talking about the people in your in your counseling appointments. Okay. Well, and if we if you want to go there, we can. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that's kind of one of my, I guess, missions, uh, callings is God has helped me to see in my life how mm -hmm. I need to experience how He's designed me more. Yeah. And that actually enriches my relationship with Him because I'm feeling with Him. Right. And He's right there in it with me. And the man, there's nothing. And I know a lot of you out there that are listening today um <laughs> are, uh, are nodding your heads going yeah that's that is the best you know yeah uh but you know and people always say well you know that was the toughest time in my life but it was probably the best time in my life because i i grew so much and why was it the toughest time because you felt emotions you know and uh so anyway that uh experiencing emotions experiencing jesus mm -hmm. through with a healing thing but also helping people in their daily lives to just not just read it and i, I know people don't just do that but you know the traditional uh read a chapter and, and pray kind of thing yeah. uh you know or have the uh five-point prayer where you do thanksgiving and supplication and confession and intercession and I forget what the fifth one is, but you know, <laughs> no, those things are bad by themselves, but yeah. if it's so structured, are you leaving room to experience what the Lord has for you that day? Yeah, and the experience, the experience that God is an emotional God. He's an emotional person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like if, if you're going to connect with your wife, it's, there's gotta be emotions in there. And in fact, you know, when I do couples counseling, that's usually the main complaint is the man's not feeling anything. <laughs> and, you know, there's no emotion in the relationship anymore. And uh, so if it's a good relationship, it's going to have emotions in it. Right. So anyway, hey, Tim, I know you have an appointment coming up, right? Oh, yeah. Gosh. You know, and I said, I hope it's only an hour. And here I've talked my head off. I apologize to everybody. Uh, no, we, guess, we've been, we've been under an hour. We've been yeah, under I, an hour. And no, that's the point. You're supposed to talk. It's, it's <laughs> a podcast. It's an interview. Well, I, you know, just, I just want to protect protect your time because I know you, you have a... No, you know, you know and that, that that's pretty much um, everything that I, I, I feel complete with this. I don't feel like I've got another three points to <laughs> press on everybody. <laughs> Well, as so I, I want to wrap up and protect your time. So Tim, Tim, um, um, how can, I, I love what you're doing. I love a lot of the things, not only, you know, your counseling, your prayer therapy, and, but what you do, but I also love this, this nonprofit that you've set up. So people that can't afford typically counseling can, and right. you provided that. So how would, uh, What's the best way if some of our members are hearing some of the stuff they want to connect with you or hear more about that? Do you have is that do you have a website for that nonprofit? Uh no, I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, okay. But yeah, my email is pretty simple. It's Tim Therapy, one word, at Yahoo. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, if you want to reach out to me that way, uh, no, I'll, I'll put that in the podcast notes. I'll put your email so people can. Have All right. That too. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm not doing this to raise money. I'm, I'm, you know, God is taking care of me and it, but if you do want to support, that's great. If you, if you sense God uh, leading it that way, I always tell people like, you know, let God tell you to give to me not me tell you to give to me. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, it's that whole listening and experiencing thing, you know, are, mm -hmm. are, 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 and it's, are you feeling it? <laughs> it's real. You know, are you feeling it to give? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's you and God. So, mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. Thank you, Andy, for throwing that in there. I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Well, good. Well, Tim, I'll, I'll let you go. I know. Uh, yeah. And Andy, you know, I love you. And uh, I love you too, man. I enjoy our relationship and um, mm-hmm. you know, so thanks for inviting me to share. Oh, you're welcome, Tim. Appreciate it. And uh, okay. didn't even really share how, how's your health and everything. We didn't really go into that, but. Oh, you know, that's another story, but I, yeah, I had prostate cancer, but I got radiation and then the radiation zapped me, my strength for like four months, but I'm actually at last week, you know, we were talking and I, yeah. uh, a week or two ago and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ready to go on this retreat. I don't know if I have the energy, but this last week I have felt a good amount of energy. I'm almost feeling normal and it's weird i don't have to lay down in the middle of the day <laughs> so, or feel like i want to lay down so it's been great thank you for asking well good all right well tim i'll let you go and yeah. it's been great thanks again yeah. for joining us all right i'll I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon my brother <laughs> okay all right all right bye-bye, bye-bye. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you.